Thank you, Pastor Nathan, for our great word. And our worship team, always leading us into the presence of God. is so good, so good. Well, today, before we uh, get started in our word, I wanted to give us a few announcements. We made a video um, before May began that we were playing every week. But the cool thing is, is there were a couple things that have changed in the video. So the video is sort of obsolete. So anyway, we know when we get to meet together. Are you all excited? Next Sunday, we can have 50 people in our sanctuary, and we are excited to worship with you. So we hope that you will plan to be here. Um, you will want to try and let us know that you are coming because, like I said, we only have 50 seats. Uh, if you were sitting in your, our sanctuary right now, you would see that we have seats of three and seats of four and seats of five and even seats of six, and that's because we want families to sit together. And so if you, um, when you come, you'll want to make sure that you find your seat that way. Um, also, we have our shirts that just came in. How cool is this? Um, we'll have people post pictures that have picked up their shirts already, so you can see the other two. This one says, Love Red Bank, and this is the shirt that I was most excited to get because I am excited for our hearts to bleed for Red Bank, which is why we're here, right here on the street. Um, you can text to give by, by texting this number, which, do we have a slide for that? So if you are a giving partner at the Oaks and you want to text to give, you can text to give at this number, 855-996-9464. You can pay for shirts on there. You can also pay for the books for our upcoming Freedom Study, which starts on June 3rd. You will need a book. There are only, I think, 16 spots left. So make sure you check in with that. You can ask questions in the feed right now, and um, our staff will be happy to answer questions for you. So those are a few announcements. Today we get to start a new sermon series. It's just a quick three-week series, but it's called Resurgence. And resurgence is a word that means a coming alive again, a moment where things are made new, just like we just sang. And as our world begins to reopen, we're sort of being made new, right? Because the things that happened before probably aren't going to be the things that will continue to happen as we go back to life. Things will be different. They will feel different. And um, this season that we're in, this resurgent moment, is actually on the heels of a season, a spiritual season called Pentecost. And Pentecost was this moment that changed everything. Have you all ever had an encounter where you experienced something with God that you were never the same again after that? Like, never, never the same after that. Well, Pentecost was a 24-hour period where 3,000 people came to know the Lord. It was a, a moment in time where it was almost like a light bulb because while Jesus showed up to, as Scripture says, about 500 people from when he died and rose again, there were a lot of people who didn't know that Jesus rose from the dead. So they assumed that this Messiah died. And so Pentecost was this moment of power where people saw and experienced the resurrection power of Jesus in their midst. It was a moment where no one forgot, a moment that changed everything for everyone. And so think for just a moment about that moment in your life where things just radically changed. It was a moment where the faith that we proclaim Sitting right here in 2020, a year of chaos and uncertainty where we don't know our head from our tail, similar to what the people who were in the upper room that experienced Pentecost probably felt. It was a moment where that faith, the faith that we celebrate, that Jesus was the Son of God who came to earth, born of a virgin, 
who lived a sinless life for you and I because we couldn't do it. He was arrested and crucified. He was hung on a cross and died for my sins and for your sins. And then we don't have a dying faith because our Jesus rose from the dead. He came out of the tomb alive. He showed himself to, like I said just a moment ago, many people so that they could see and believe and have faith that their God was the living God. Aren't you thankful that we serve a living God? And this faith actually came out of Pentecost. It was this moment where it made sense to follow Jesus. And often those moments in our lives where we're never the same after are the moments that help us make sense to follow Jesus. And we need that. We need those in these moments. So over the next three weeks between now and Pentecost, which is on May 31st, we're going to be talking about resurgence and this coming to life through the power of God. The power of God who makes all things new, who changes things in such a way where when we look back, we're like, I don't remember life before Jesus. I don't remember my life before that. Today we're going to talk about the resurgent power of speaking. The spoken words are formed as air comes out of our lungs. Think about that. Your lungs, air comes out. It goes over your vocal cords. And whichever way your mouth is formed, like whether you have an open mouth or a closed mouth. I tried to watch a video to share today of how we form words because I thought it would be cool. It was so confusing. <laughs> but, but depending on how your tongue lays and how your mouth is formed and where your teeth are at, it determines the sound that comes out of your mouth. And that's why they make those funny things like you say the same sound multiple times. And Anyway, so <laughs> spoken words are formed when air comes out of our lungs, across our, our vocal cords, and depending on the shape of our mouth and our tongue, it makes a specific sound. It's something that we learn over time from a baby. Like you, you know that a baby's going to say dada before mama because it's an easier sound to make. And we all think it's because they love their dads more, but... Really, science has disproven that, just in case you wondered. <laughs> that was a freebie for today. So um, the Bible tells us a lot about our tongue and about our mouth. In Proverbs 18.21, it tells us that the power of both life and death are in our mouths, in our tongues. In James chapter 3, it's an amazing chapter where he says that our mouth is a restless evil full of deadly poison. That the tongue is a small rudder that has the ability to make a whole forest be set ablaze. It's an amazing chapter to think through the power of our words, the power of our speech. And then if you look at Jesus, he says in Matthew 12, 37, our words will either acquit us or condemn us. Think about that. Like our words either give us value and purpose and help people trust us or it turns people away from us. Jesus also said that um, our yes should be yes and our no should be no. That this is who we are called to be. In Mark chapter 11, we see Jesus connect our speech with our heart. And this is the place where I want us to really land today. Because we all talk a lot. Did you know that? Every person that I know talks a lot. We all talk a lot. But Jesus says this. He says, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things he, will, he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He connects that if our belief 
doesn't align with our words, then they have no power. He also tells us um, in Scripture in, in different places that... Sorry, I'm... Uh, he also tells us in Scripture in a few different places that we have to be willing to walk. We have to be willing to speak in ways that he calls us to speak. And for some reason... I have the wrong notes, but it is okay because God is here, right? And he's going to speak the words he wants to speak, even though these aren't the words that I plan to share with you today. So good stuff, good stuff. You can see right where we get to where, uh, where our brains stop connecting. But <laughs> today we're going to be looking at a, a text in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37. It's a place where we see both belief and willingness to speak collide. It's a place where God puts Ezekiel in a place and he says, do you really believe in me? And if we want to see this resurgent power of God working through us and in our speech, we have to both believe in what God tells us to say and we have to be willing to share it. We have to believe that he is who he says he is and be willing to walk in that moment. Have you guys ever had a conversation or a pep talk where you gave someone some information that you may not have fully believed? You're like, hey, guess what? You're going to win this 5K. You're getting ready to run. You're the best runner there. It's going to be amazing. And then you walk away and you're like, yeah, you're the one who runs the 15-minute mile, aren't you? That's probably not going to be a win. There are moments in our lives where we have talked about people and said, I don't believe a word that comes out of their mouth, where, where their belief doesn't match the words that they speak. I remember a time in Mark and my life where we were divorced at the time, and uh, I remember my dad called and he said, could you bring the girls to see us? And I was like, I could, but Mark and I are getting back together, and so I'm not sure what the plans will be. And I remember in that moment being like, you just lied to him. You just lied to him. And it was a moment where I didn't believe what I had said, a moment where I was worried about what the outcome would be because I was a chronic um, a chronic liar before, and I was working really hard to make sure that truth is what came out of my mouth. So in that moment where I lied, I was like, oh, this is, this is terrible. What am I going to do? So I like called my dad. And I'm like, hey, you know how we talked about Mark? Yeah, it's not really. And then I was like, I don't know why I told you that. He was like, don't worry about it. Well, truth be known, it was the word of God speaking through my mouth because at right about the time where we were supposed to go and visit, where he had asked, that was the week that Mark and I got back together. It was almost like a prophetic word that I didn't even have control over. It was a moment where God spoke through me and settled my heart to know what was happening. There are moments in our lives where God wants to speak through us to settle the hearts of others so that they can encounter all that he has. So if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Ezekiel 37? And we're going to be reading verses 1 through 14. It's actually going to be on the screen for us. Who? The Lord took hold of me as I, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me around, all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. I want you to just picture that. Picture that. Being in a valley filled with bones. And the Lord led me around 
to see all of the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then the skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds and breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones, and all our hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back out of the land of Israel. And when this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. So I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. What a powerful moment in time. Could you imagine being in a, a valley of bones? In a valley, a place where there are just bones? A place where you're the only living person and you're looking around? God places Ezekiel in the midst of the valley of bones and he asks him one simple question. He says, is there hope for them? Can they become living beings? Is there hope for them? When you look at people, at, at, at the bones that are around where you are, do you see hope for them? I love that Ezekiel is just a real guy. He's real and natural, and he says, only you know, Lord. Only you know. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I wonder if in this moment, it, the scripture doesn't tell us this, but I wonder if God is like, I want you to look a little deeper, Ezekiel. I want you to look a little more in depth. I want you to, to actually like look at the bones. Look and see how dry they are. Look and see. See if you can identify the skull of that person. Maybe it's somebody you know. Can, can you look over here? Do you think that head goes with that arm? 
they just all mixed up, you know, like put them in a blender and they all fly wherever they are. I'm not sure. But I love that Ezekiel is like, I don't know God, but I trust that you do. And oftentimes when God calls us to see things that we don't see, he says, do you see it? Do you see the potential? And he calls us to be real. He doesn't tell, Ezekiel isn't like, oh yeah, God, I fully see it. Yeah, that's so-and-so, that's brother so-and-so. He's like, I, I don't know. I just need to be real. I just need to say, I'm, I'm weak here. I don't get it. I don't know what you're doing, God, but I trust you. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that faith is belief without seeing. And oftentimes we won't use our voice because we don't believe what we're seeing. Instead of being like Ezekiel and saying, I just don't know. I need you to show me. We're like, yeah, I don't really know. So can you imagine like Ezekiel getting in this moment where God is like, I want you to speak to these dry bones. He's like, hey, dry bones, how you doing? (laughs) Awkward. There's dry bones over there. They don't even have ears. How can they? Hebrews tells us that faith is belief without seeing, and it calls us to put our trust in what we know, in the character of God that we've seen. We have to stand on what we know, and we have to look back at where we've been and what we've walked through to see what we know. We have to say, ah, I remember when I thought I was dry there, but God, you showed up. Maybe you could show up for those people I don't see the potential in. Also, um, Jesus knows that the greatest struggle to find this resurgent power in our words is in our willingness to speak. Y'all ever had moments where you know you're supposed to say something, but you're like, they're going to look at me funny. I don't want to talk. What Jesus actually shares in his word, he says, don't worry about what you're going to say. Let the Holy Spirit show up and speak through you. Just trust me. And so we see these two moments in in Ezekiel's life where he's saying, I'm just going to trust you, God. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to trust you. And so we see that God gives Ezekiel words to speak. He speaks to three different things. He speaks to the bones, the things that don't have ears. And he calls out the potential that can't be seen. We got to call out potential that can't be seen in things around us. I wonder if he was like, hey, bones. Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure God wants me to talk to you. And just haphazardly do it because they're called to do it, not because he wants to do it. Maybe his willingness wasn't there. But instead, I believe that what Ezekiel does is he stands on what he knows. And he starts, he starts you know, good old preaching, like hacking, high-stepping, He's, he's telling these bones all about his God. I've seen some really great preachers who are like filled to the brim with like the Holy Spirit just oozes out of them. You're like, oh, I could watch you forever. And then there are other people that they're really scary as they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And they are hacking and they're moving. But I imagine that he says this, hey, you dry bones, here is my God. My God is here with you. He's standing right beside of me. This is my God. He's the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's made things come to life before. This is him who is wanting to talk to you. He's here. He's here. Have you seen him? 
do you want to turn your ears on and listen? I know you don't really have ears, but could you do this? Because this is what God wants you to hear. He wants you to hear this. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life and then you will know I'm God. Ezekiel had to tell them who he, why they needed to listen. Well, they needed to listen because of who God was in Ezekiel's life. Not because, you know, the bones probably didn't have anything in it. The scripture says that as Ezekiel spoke, there was a rattling that came across the valley. And the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as skeletons. And skin formed over them. But it says they still had no breath. So they were walking zombies. They were skin-covered, lifeless bodies before him that had come back to life. Do we know people like that who are skin-covered, lifeless bodies walking before us? People that have come back to life. And then God calls, he calls Ezekiel to speak to the wind, to call down fire from heaven. Like, I brought them back to life like you said. I used your words. They came back to life. But now they're still not alive because you have to call life down from heaven. You have to call it down so it comes to life. He's saying, come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these bodies so they can live again. He's calling down heaven because there's resurgent power of life in his words. There's power in his words. There's power in this moment because of the belief in his willingness to speak. His belief and willingness to connect just as he is called to do. And this is my favorite moment in this scripture. It says, then he said to me, and I imagine God and Ezekiel almost sitting among these people who have come to life. I imagine just for a moment that God is having a, a really deep conversation with Ezekiel. He says, son of man, these bones represent, they represent the people of, e- of Israel. That's who they represent. These are my people. These are the ones I love. Do you see them now? Do you see their potential? Because you didn't see it when they were just bones. But now they have skin on, and now they have breath, and they look like an army. You think you could do something with them? I wonder if in that moment he's saying, do you really see them now? But then God tells him the the posture of the heart of of this army, and this is what we need to realize. This is what is going on with this army. He says, this is what the army says. We have become old, dry bones. Our hope is gone. Our nation is finished. They're hopeless people. They're people who don't even see their own potential. People who don't see their own potential. And so the third moment that God calls Ezekiel to speak, he tells him, he tells them, claim the promise for them. People who are hopeless, they can't hold on to promises they don't know. And they can't hold on to things they don't believe, right? 
And we don't, if we don't believe stuff, then we aren't going to act on it. We're like, so-and-so said I could win a million dollars if I clicked on this link on Facebook. I don't think it's real. I'm not even going to click on it. And then your neighbor calls and they're like, guess what? I just won a million dollars on Facebook because I clicked on the link. You're like, dag on it. <laughs> but it's just a moment where if we don't believe, we're not going to act. We're not going to act. And this is the moment where I believe that God wants us to act and, and claim things for the people around us. He wants us to look over the valleys that we're in and claim the things. He says, say this to them. This is what the Lord says. Oh, my people, I will bring you your graves. I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. And then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and, I, and you will live again and return home to your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done what I have said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. God calls Ezekiel to, to speak to the bones and tell them of their potential. He calls Ezekiel to speak to the wind and call down the power of heaven for the bones. Not for himself. Not, Jesus, I need you to show up for me. But Holy Spirit, come for this people that you are creating an army with that need your potential. Call, come down here, Holy Spirit. Come and move. And he calls him to speak to the people the people of God's heart, to claim the promise that they can't claim for themselves. And so as we look at the resurgent power, this resurgent power that we have in our speech, we can experience this if we really believe who he says he is and if we're willing to move like he calls us to. These are places where, where we often struggle. We like hope because we live by it, right? But sharing hope is often the hardest obstacle in, in living and moving for Jesus. We're like, oh, I probably should really tell them what God did the other day, but they probably don't have time. What if they don't believe? This could be really awkward. Yesterday I was um, at the grocery store getting some bleach, and uh, the, this person in front of me, you could tell that he was purchasing a lot of food for a food bank. He had like a lot of uh, Pop-Tarts and uh, canned uh, tomato sauce and um, um, ramen, you know, all that stuff that you can buy cheaply in bulk to give away to people that are hungry. And so I'm like, so who are you giving the food to? And he looked at me and he was like, let me tell you about my God. And then he began to share with me how God had provided as they prayed that they would be able to feed their, their community. How God had come before them. And I was so thankful that he shared. And then he looked at me as he, he said, go ahead and put their bleach with my stuff. I'm going to pay for their bleach. And I was like, oh, look at that, Jesus. Thank you for paying for our bleach. Small little wink. Then after he paid for the bleach, he turned around and he said, do you have a church you go to? Because I'd love to share the hope of Christ with you. And I said, I actually pastor a church right down the street. And he said, you're the girl. You're the girl. Pastors a church in the bar. I'm like, I am. He was like, I'm really happy that we get to love the community together. I'm really happy that, that we get to do this together. And it reminded me of this very moment that we can be like Ezekiel. 
We can listen for God to tell us what people need to hear. We can we have to believe it before we'll share it. And we have to be willing to speak even when it sounds crazy. Crazy things. And those moments often come with this, these few little words that are whispered. Do you trust me? The resurgent power in our speech, when we're connected to the power of the Holy Spirit, often comes with this, do you trust me? Like, do you see the potential here in these bones? Is there hope for them to live again? As Ezekiel had this amazing encounter with the same God that we serve, I want us to think about the valley that we're in. I'm from West Virginia. This is not the valley that God originally placed me in, but this is where he planted us for a season, where he wanted us to see every dry bone around where he wanted us to see all of the people who are living hopeless, who are saying, I'm really dry, who need to know about the living water of Christ. They need to know that. They need to not be dry, but saturated. Um, a place where, where there are people who are saying, we don't have any hope. It's all good. Yeah. So-and-so's friend just committed suicide the other day. It's all good. Sort of sad. All the kids are really sad. But hopeless people don't share hope. They don't know anything about it. And oftentimes we, we have to think about where we are and really see them. Like look past what we physically see and see their deep needs. See their real heart. See that they're really dry and they're hopeless. Because they aren't going to tell you they're hopeless. They're going to be like, life sucks. It doesn't matter. It's just day after day after day. Same thing, different day right? They're not going to let you get close to them. But God is saying in the midst of wherever your valley is, is there hope for them too? Is there hope? We have strived over this time apart to really love our family at the Oaks Well. We've loved our community also, but the real posture of my heart was to love our family well. Because just like God said about the people of Israel, he said, these are my people. These are who I love. These are the people that are thinking they're dry. These are my people. And our heart has been to love you well with flowers and cookies and donuts and Easter baskets. Because I don't want you to ever feel like you're alone. This is not a me heart. This is an Oaks heart. We don't want you to feel like you're alone because we see the army that you are. We see the army that God has called you to be. And as we're bringing to life, as we're raising to life, as we come out of this pandemic, as we come out of these moments where we've been stuck in our homes, you have the power to speak to the bones around you, in your community, in your neighborhood, that single mom that lives beside of you whose kids are hellions. I got one of those. We get to call life there. We get to share hope there. What about your workplaces? You got one of those people that, you know, she's been laid off for a hot minute, and she ain't so sure she wants to come back because she's rolling in the bucks from the, <laughs> from the unemployment. But she is just needing to know who she is. 
These are the places where God wants us to use the words of Ezekiel in our community, our neighborhood, and our workplace. These are the places where we're surrounded with dry bones. These are our valleys. And we can share the hope. God sees you, and you will live. That's your potential. You're not alone. God sees you. You're going to live. Or how about, Holy Spirit, I need you to show up here. You ever had that hard conversation with that neighbor with the crazy kids? You're like, Jesus, 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 I need you now. We're calling down heaven to change that moment because it doesn't need to be the same anymore for anybody involved. Our neighbor doesn't need to be in need and feel completely disconnected and overwhelmed. She needs to feel loved. She needs to have heaven called down for her. And oftentimes we have to, in these three places, we have to claim the blessing that they can't claim. We have to say, God's getting ready to do something in your life. He's getting ready to breathe in you, give you a purpose that you've never had before. I see it. I know you may not see it, but trust him. He is going to place you in a place where life is going to not just, where you're not just going to live, you're going to thrive. Isn't that what Jesus said in John 10, 10? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life abundantly, abundant life resurgent power of our words. As our worship team comes back as we prepare to close, um, I just want to ask you to jot those three words down and start praying. Because we at the Oaks believe that there's power in prayer, right? We believe that prayer works. We've seen miracle after miracle after miracle happen in the past few weeks. We've seen things happen over the quarantine from one girl... uh, pretty much losing her job when quarantine started. And the day that it started, she got another job. And she was one of the only people kept to work this whole thing. Because God is faithful to take care of his people. He is good. He answers prayers. There are things that I'm thankful for day after day after day that we're seeing him do. But I want you to to jot these three words down. And I want you to start praying. God, show me their potential. Show me the potential in my community that I can't see. Bring your Holy Spirit here to love Red Bank Road. Bring it here. Take it with me to to the workplace. Let me be hope there. Let me begin to speak your blessing over the people. And God said in, uh, in verse 14, in Ezekiel 37, 14, he said, Then you will know that I am the Lord and I am faithful. That is our hope. He is our Lord and he is faithful. That's why we speak. That's why he encourages us to have a resurgent speech. One that brings life. That calls things to live. Has he been faithful to you? Have you experienced him bring you fresh, abundant life? He's so good. I've been thinking over the things that we've walked through in the past year, and over and over, he reminds me that he is, he is faithful, that he is moving, even when I can't see it, because faith is belief we can't see. We're not called to live in the moment of circumstances, but in the power of his promise. 
And as we, uh, as we settle our hearts to worship, I just want to ask you who, who needs to know this hope that you know. Oftentimes when we share, there's one person whose name pops right into your head. Do not delay. Be willing to share what you believe. And if you don't believe that he can bring dead bones back to life, share what you believe. It's not, he's not calling you to be fake and share stuff that you've just learned that's rhetoric. He's calling you to say, I was in need and God provided. I was once dead and now I'm alive. I don't know if he's going to raise you to life, but I've seen him do this in me and I trust him. That's what Ezekiel said, right? I don't know God, but you do. I trust you. And so as we walk into this moment where we walk with resurgent speech, with the power of resurrection in our words, we are called to share what we know, what we believe. And we have to be willing to talk. I don't care if you only say four words every day. Use those four words to give glory to God and show other people he's faithful. Use what you got. I believe that God wants to use us to bring a resurgent power of the gospel to Red Bank Road, to our community, because there are a lot of dead bones laying all around. But we have the hope of Christ because he's faithful and he is our Lord. So as we pray, I just want to ask you to, to ask God that name and make a commitment that you're willing to follow through. Father God, I thank you that you call us and empower us with your resurgent power. From times back in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy where you say, I will put my words in his mouth and he will speak for me. I thank you that from all the way back then, you had a plan to use us as your mouthpiece if we were willing and I thank you that Jesus came and he shared the same thing. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Trust that I will put my word in your mouth and that it will bring glory to our Father in heaven who is faithful. So Lord, as we accept your gift of resurgent speech, as we accept this opportunity to walk in this power that's only given by you, the Holy Spirit, pray that your word would bring life, that we would begin to see all things being made new. We would begin to see things grow that we didn't see the potential in before. We would begin to watch you transform our beloved Red Bank, that we would see moments of your faithfulness because you are faithful. I pray that you would overflow your Holy Spirit in this moment. Empower us in ways that we've never seen. Help us be like those pastors we've seen who are so passionate that they are shouting from the rooftops because you are worthy, Lord. Be with us as we worship. It's in your name I pray. Amen.